Okay, so hello everybody. Welcome back to A New Way, where we try and find new ways to balance our emotional well-being um, and to find, to get as much knowledge as we can. And today I'm joined by one of the world's most experienced gynecologists. Um, he has been the leading authority in the use of bioidentical hormones and their application in women's health. Professor Studd, thank you so much for coming and speaking with me. No pleasure. Would you like to just give a, a brief overview of your research and your work, and then we'll get into the, the nitty gritty stuff? Okay, I, I started the first menopause clinic in Europe when I was a trainee. That was about 1969. Yes. And there are now you know, so many menopause clinics around the country. And um, I started this clinic because I didn't really believe what I was teaching students. I was teaching students that um, for the menopause, um, you don't need hormones. All you need is, um, is, is uh, tranquilizers and a nice husband. Well, I mean, I, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed to think I taught students this rubbish. Anyway, I... I, I I started the menopause, started researching this, and um, um, the usual things like hot flushes, sweats, osteoporosis. And then I got more and more involved in depression, um, because depression um, is more common in women. They're more commonly, they have antidepressant treatment, there's more admissions, there's more suicide attempts in women than men. And um, so then I started um, looking at, at depression around the menopause. And that's quite, quite clear. That is absolutely clear that, um, that more women get depression and it can be treated, not always, it can usually be treated with the correct dose of hormones. And then we progress to um, uh, premenstrual depression uh, because there's certainly a link in the, four, in the age 40s when you have a sort of premenopausal depression, which is worse before a period. And that the more patients you see, the more obvious that comes. So we've honed we've that down to, to um, just premenstrual depression, and certainly uh, PMS or PMDD, if you like, is so treatable with estrogens. Um, the depression, particularly so, as well as the as well as the other symptoms. Yeah. And the great problem, of course, for women is that women that have depression that's cyclical is often diagnosed misdiagnosed as bipolar disorder. Yeah. Now, you have somebody, um, some woman with, with cyclical premenstrual depression, and they're then given antidepressants and lithium or worse, yeah. then they're stuck with this treatment yeah. and this wrong diagnosis for years and years and years. And that's a great tragedy, is sorting out the difference between 
um, bipolar depression treatable by psychiatrists and premenstrual depression treatable by hormones. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, the psychiatrists are nowhere near accepting this, although it's as clear as crystal. They're mm. nowhere near accepting this, this role of of hormones with depression. Yeah. And I mean, with PMS or PMDD, the American version of PMS, it's it's always the, it's a cycle. So it's about a week before you're due and you might experience um, outrage or all these same symptoms. And that's how you know it's not bipolar because bipolar can happen at any stage. And I think... Yes, so that, that's right. I mean, the, but the difference is so obvious, really. That's a tragedy. The difference is so obvious that PMS occurs for some days, can be two, can be 14 days before a period, before every period, mm. before every period. Um, and there are all sorts of other um, similarities that there are somatic problems too with PMS. Somatic, I mean sore breasts, mm. bloating, headaches that are cyclical yeah. in the same way the depression cyclical. And also PMS patients don't have attacks of mania, manic attacks of, of behavior, the way that the, the term the, the bipolar women do. How often did you see people misdiagnosed with bipolar? Well, how often do I see them misdiagnosed? All the time. Okay. You know, several new patients a week. Mm. Sometimes several a day. When you okay. have women who have been diagnosed as bipolar, they may not have had this awful treatment for bipolar, yeah. It's been diagnosed as cyclical depression, bipolar, or whatever, when it is clear as crystal that it's hormonal. Mm. It's hormonal because of the cyclicity, because of the somatic problems of sore breasts and headaches, and so on. So these women are taking antidepressants for years and it's not getting to the root of the years issue. Not and years and years and not getting better. So they need to be on um, estrogen patches or gel. No, it's estrogen through the skin, mm. either patches or gels. Try to avoid estrogens by mouth. They don't work as well and they're mm. less safe. So estrogen through the skin and we prefer um, gels. Mm. and medication implants. But when you go to your GP and you ask for these gels or um, creams, they, they, I've heard that they tell you that they cause wound cancer and that they're not um, going to treat the problem in premenopausal women. Is that well, 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 Yes, there's some truth in that, but it's avoidable. Mm. I mean, if you give estrogens continuously, there is certainly a slight increase or a big increase in wound cancer that's very curable, but forget the very curable, avoid it. And we avoid it by giving progestogen. Nobody in their right mind these days 
will prescribe estrogens alone. Mm. So what we do is we give estrogens and also progestins cyclically. Mm. The problem with PMS patients is that they are resistant. No, no, that's not the right word. Intolerant. Intolerant to progesterone. Mm. Your own progesterone in from your ovaries or the synthetic stuff that I might give you, progestogen. Mm. If you are intolerant to progesterone and you get PMS symptoms when you take the progesterone. So if we give you estrogens all the time and progesterone for 14 days a month, it cuts down the endometrial problems of overstimulation, but you may get PMS back during those tablets, during those 14 days. Yeah. So what we do very often, or yes, very often, is to give continuous estrogens and then just seven or 10 days of natural progesterone, not progestogen, progesterone. Mm -hmm. And when we're talking about this, um, I would find fault with your, your generous introduction. And that is, I'm not a pioneer of bioidentical hormones. They're rubbish. Mm. Bioidentical hormones is a marketing term mm. for giving this witch's brew of all sorts of hormones unnecessary. Mm you need for the treatment of these women, you need estrogens through the skin, progesterone, natural progesterone um, by mouth or intravaginally, and, and occasionally testosterone mm. for energy, mood, and libido. That's that. Where were we? We're talking about... Professor, why, why are doctors not making the link between people that get have PMS and that get postnatal depression why aren't they making that link and there's other things like hormonal acne as well um, and, I mean, and the, not gynecologists that. do I mean general practitioners do mm. the people that don't are psychiatrists yeah. no 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 I, I I've written about um, 600 papers um, in good journals, Lancet, BMJ, etc. I've only had two papers rejected, both from the British Journal of Psychiatry and both writing about hormones and depression, mm. hormones and bipolar and the difference between bipolar and PMS, turned down by the, by the British Journal of Psychiatry without even having been reviewed. The title was enough to yeah. chuck it out. So the psychiatrists are really not interested <coughs> in anything that might encroach upon their patch, yeah. um, which is a tragedy really, because we mentioned before the how common depression is in women um, and, and in some, it's clearly hormonal. Um, and and we, not, see, we, see, we see 10 or 
15 patients a week who have their depression cured by hormones. Now, I'm not a psychiatrist, and women <laughs> with depression would go to their GP, who were quite good, and to their psychiatrists, who are not good at all. Mm. Um, and that's a tragedy. Yeah. <coughs> um, yeah, I find it bizarre how a man and a woman can go into their doctor showing with depression and other symptoms and just be given the same sort of treatment. And there's no um, history check in these women. There's no questions kind of asked. It's just um, a prescription for antidepressants given. And that's why I feel like your work is so important. Um, and I feel like it's not going to get the the research that it needs if it keeps being rejected by psychiatry. Um, there... That's right. But there's also a next stage that these women with PMS get better when they're pregnant. Yeah. Right? Women, by and large, don't get depression when they're pregnant, mm. in spite of all sorts of problems that they may have in their social life. They, by and large, um, don't get depressed. And the depression they have pre-pregnancy goes during pregnancy. Only return as postpartum depression. Mm. That's a major problem. It's a major problem, not only of unhappiness, but of maternal death. Mm. Women kill themselves yeah. and damage their babies. Um, after delivery with depression. Yeah. And we've done a huge study <coughs> published in The Lancet showing that estrogens um, um, help depression more than placebo. Um, we should have done it um, comparing it with, with antidepressants and nobody has done that since. Mm. And this paper was published 20 years ago. Yeah. still is not accepted by psychiatrists. It, it always seems to be three days after the woman has given birth to her baby that she would have, um, you know, those kind of what would be classed as postnatal psychosis. I feel like the research I've done, it always happens three days after. And I wonder... I mean, there's obviously something major going on with the hormones um, on that third day. And also, I wonder, is medication that you're given when you're um, having a baby, is that going to impact your mental health as well? No, I don't think so. You mean the medication given um, during pregnancy or during delivery? During delivery. Um, no, no. That You don't think that has anything to do with hormones or no no, no. Yeah. there's nothing you give really in delivery that's going to um, cause depression mm. um, what about on, on that third on the third day then when when there's <coughs> well as you say on, on day three there is sometimes rarely rarely postnatal psychosis mm. and that's awful mm. um, I'm talking mostly about Postnatal depression occurs at two or three or four months, lasts for six months. But certainly I've seen a few postnatal psychoses and they are terrifying. Mm. 
Mm. Very dangerous. What do you do? You think that your hormonal treatment can prevent that from? Yes, well, I, I I do think so. Yeah. But then you've got to start straight away. Mm. And women with a past history of postnatal depression that's happened perhaps twice in the past, they will start hormones on the day of delivery. Yeah. And that stops them getting postnatal depression. And I suppose it stops them getting um, postnatal psychosis. Mm. Yeah. So people with um, PMS and postnatal de depression, they're going to have a really hard time in menopause. Is that correct? Usually. Usually, that's right. There is, there is a whole syndrome which we've written up, and we call. <coughs> no, can I stop and get some water? Yes, yes. <coughs> okay, we're back. <laughs> okay. Well, the next thing I want to talk about is this concept of reproductive depression, mm. and this is a continuum that the same woman will get premenstrual depression, be well during pregnancy, mm. postnatal depression, and then when the periods come back, the depression is cyclical, like PMS again, and then they get the telephone again. You're very popular. And then, um, and then in, in, into menopausal depression. Mm. So the same woman, you, for example, right? Mm. PMS, get pregnant, fine, postnatal depression, the periods come back, and then the depression cycle for 10 years until the menopause, then you get menopausal depression, mm. right? And the depression around the menopause is more severe in the year or two before the period stopped. Mm. That's what we call the, um, um, the menopausal transition. Mm. And so you can be age 30, 45, still having periods and still have depression that responds to hormones. Mm. Because you're in the, what we call the climacteric, which is better understood as the, as, as the, um, 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 in the years before the menopause. Mm. And you, you see, doctors can't measure this in a blood test because your hormones no, look like they're doing what they should be doing. Absolutely right. Um, the 45-year-old the woman with hormone depression will have normal hormones. Mm. She'll have normal estrogen, Maybe be normal for her, but they're normal. Yeah. And they have a normal FSH, which is not menopausal. Mm. So blood tests are a waste of time. The trick is in the history. Is it cyclical? Has it been cyclical? Were you better during pregnancy? Did you get postnatal depression? And now you're age 45, you're depressed again. Is there some cyclicity in the depression and so on? It's in the history, not in blood tests. Mm. But you've also got to ask the right questions. And I fear psychiatrists don't. Yeah. 
Why you are some about child abuse and breastfeeding and whatever. Yeah. Why are some women more prone to this, to getting severe PMS, and some aren't? Is there something in lifestyle or diet that we should be doing? Or I, I'm sure there is, but I don't understand it. Yeah. I, 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 I'm sure there's all sorts of tricks you can do as regards and diet and lifestyle and exercise and so on. And there's but probably a, a through these days, through these weeks. Yeah. Um, sure. And there's um, probably a hereditary factor in there as well. I'm just talking about the things that I understand. Yeah. And the role of hormones. I just wanted to talk about HRT. There's been a lot um, of talk about that not being safe. And I know I've watched and heard some of your podcasts where you say it's completely safe. Um, and I just wanted to, yeah, just brush on that. And if people are taking HRT tablets, um, is it better for them to move over to the gels and the yeah. Yes, I, I, I think there's no role at all for Eastern tablets. Um, they don't work as well, and they and they cause coagulation problems because they go through the liver. They all recently go through the liver. And, and and coagulation factors occur. So there's a slight, a very slight increase in thrombosis with estrogens. It's like young girls on the birth control pill. They have a, a high incidence of stroke and whatever. It's small, but worth avoiding, worth avoiding. Yeah. So you're better off having transdermal hormones. They haven't yet come across transdermal uh, hormones for the birth control pill, but it's coming, it's coming. But certainly for the menopause, it's by far the easiest and the safest treatment. Yeah. I know when you started your HRT or your menopause clinic um, back in 1969, there was some controversy around that, wasn't there? And it was it was closed for a number well, of months. It was closed down, sure. The, the local um, the GPs, the local, the local BMA protested and I had to close it down for a few months. And then um, we wrote to all the right people, got the right permission, and it started again. And it's still going. What was the problem there? Why, why, why did they want it shut down? I have no idea. I remember phone calls from, um, from GPs, one in particular, and uh, I was explaining why we, we do this, because it helps this, that, and the other. And he said, Boulder Dash. That's all I remember. <laughs> but they didn't like the concept of it. And now your message isn't being listened to by psychiatry, which is kind of like a similarity, um, I think, between back then and now. We're, we're still, we still have a long way to go, I think. Um, with, with GPs or psychiatrists? Well, with psychiatrists um, not accepting your research and, and sending it back unopened. Yes, I mean... It's very odd that um, I, I had a, a psychiatrist do this study with me on the um, on personal depression. Bright, nice man, and got a consultant job 20 years ago. And although he believed passionately in the role of estrogens, now doesn't use it. Mm. So he's now in step with the psychiatrists. Mm. He's gone back to source and treats it with antidepressants 
although he knows from his experience that Easterns are very effective. I won't say better than antidepressants because the study hasn't been done. I do believe that they're much better than antidepressants. But scientifically, no one has done that study yet. People have tried, but can't get the recruitment problem to the patients. And I know there's a general consensus with families that have lost a loved one, a mother, you know, a daughter, a sister, a wife, where they've lost them um, to postnatal depression or psychosis. And the families always say something needs to change. The system needs to change. Well, I mean, I've... um, um, I have some terrible case of postnatal depression, psychosis, when you killed the baby, injured herself. I put her on Easterns, and she was much better at three months. Not cured, but much better. And then her psychiatrist stopped the treatment and threatened her with stopping all other treatments unless she came off hormones. When she was improving, and that was years ago, I haven't seen her since, but I do remember this obstructive behavior from psychiatrists. Mm. When they're marking their territory, aren't they? Mm -hmm. It's sort of like they're marking their territory and they don't want input. It's territory, it's patch. It is my patch. Um, I, mean, I don't want to get involved with psychiatry, particularly. Yeah. You know, gynecology is very interesting without psychiatry. Yeah. But here's an area where we overlap. Here's an area where we can do so much good if people listen. Listen. Um, and the psychiatrists don't want to listen. I try to lecture the Royal College of Psychiatrists, not interested. Um, um, who knows? I know, and I always felt it, it shouldn't be. I, I, I didn't know much about it until I experienced it, and I, I knew myself that it wasn't a psychiatric illness. I knew it wasn't. I kept mm. trying to say to whoever would listen, but no one listened because they said, "No, it's you know, it's this, that, and the other." And you're given information on postnatal depression, but it doesn't always fit. It, it doesn't always tick the boxes. Um, and Are you talking about yourself now? Yeah, I mean, I never felt like it should be classed as a, a psychiatric illness. Did you have premenstrual depression? Yes. And you got you were pregnant. You were and I had, a- I had acne, um, really bad acne that would flare up at, at certain times. Um, and I asked the doctor, is there a link between those three things? And they said there wasn't. There definitely wasn't. And then you got postnatal depression, did you? Yeah. Very bad, very long? Yeah, it was. Um, it, it, was it went on for a long time. Antidepressants didn't work. None of them worked. And, and did you have hormones in the end? No, I didn't. Um, because I didn't talk about it. It's only... Well, Never. we need people like you to spread the message. Yeah. So best of luck. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm hoping to, even for people to question things more and get, get a bit more information on why they're experiencing these things. Um, 
but there's also I think it needs to be looked at at a broader sense of view as well not just um hormonal kind of thing which I, I think that makes a um it's a, a big thing in this but there's also other, other triggers I think that make this up um such as a traumatic birth or lack of family support or you know life experiences that might cause emotional be poor be poor yeah exactly absolutely yeah so absolutely. it's not yeah I, I think it needs to be looked at holistically um, but I, I will definitely keep going with the message, and I'm, I'm very grateful to have you here. Many factors involved in sort of in depression, but all I can do is to try to publicise a very easy, a very cheap way of sorting out depression in many of the women you're talking about. Mm. These women that have um, at some stage in their reproductive lives hormone responsive depression which we call reproductive depression. Mm. Yeah. It's so basic, but people aren't listening. I know. I know. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Professor, and I really appreciate it. And um, good talking to you. Yeah, uh, and I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.